part two. Uh, let's jump ahead uh, a scant 18 years to 1982, wherein uh, uh, our, our wonderful guest Sarah is going to talk about uh, Dario Argento's Tenebre or Tenabre, which I think translates in Italian to like darkness or something, right? Um, yes, Uh, I believe it. Yeah, that's what it translates to. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. Let's jump in as some bitch. I absolutely love this film, so I'm very excited to talk about it. Peter Neal. Peter Neal. He's an American writer of violent Mm. horror horror novels. They're very famous, very popular in Europe. And um, he is there to promote his latest work called Tenebrae. Uh, hence the movie title. Uh, and I really like the beginning of this movie because it does something really interesting. Um, it really caught when I first saw this movie, it really caught my attention. It's uh, in the beginning of the movie. It is um, it's like a narration. I think in the original one and like the European release, it was Dario Argento narrating it. But mm. in the dubbed one, they had someone over dub it. Um, and it's, you know, him reading pages off the book. And then crumpling them up and throwing into the fire um, as the credits roll. Uh, not the credits, the opening, you know, credits roll. And I really, I just really like that opening. It kind of reminds me. Well, it, obviously, it's very different from the opening of um, Blood and Black Lace. But it's it's a very, like, eye-catching. Uh, it gets your attention. It's very mm-hmm. In a different way. Yeah. It yes, reminded style. me. And I don't know, Sarah, if you're familiar with this, but Steve will immediately know what I'm talking about. It reminds me of of the intro of Jack Frost. Um, the, yes. <laughs> when he's like, when they're going to, he's doing exactly. like the little narration, the voiceover, and he's like telling the story to the little girl and he's going through like the, the, and all the stuff's written yep, on the Christmas tree. So I don't know why. Maybe because it's like, it just does. It's almost a non sequitur to the rest of the movie. Uh, it's not because it's, it's you come to realize, you know, the, the killer and, you know, the tie to the book mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but it just feels like it's happening from the point of view of a narrator that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie, even though he, you, we come to learn he does, but in this moment, it, it just reminded yeah. me of Jack Frost, <laughs> which is the dumbest thing in the world to say out loud. Like that doesn't make any sense when I say it no, that but way. I, love but, it. I, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's okay Maybe because it's Jack Frost, Jack Frost came after this movie, so maybe they just literally just decided to rip off Tenebrae. Who knows? And Jack Frost is an American Giallo. Yeah, you don't know who the snowman is. (laughs) Except for you definitely do. You watch him melt and turn back into a snowman. Right. Anyway, enough about Jack Frost. I'm so sorry. Um, But yeah, so he goes over to uh, Europe to promote his latest book, Tenebrae. Um, and then he is accompanied by his adoring uh, assistant and his agent, who is played by John Saxon. Oh, uh, love me some John Saxon. Uh, kind of a big name. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the dad in Nightmare on Elm Street. He was in many Westerns, a uh, bunch of iconic movies. Um, he's been in a bunch of other horror. He's been in a few other. Correct, I might be incorrect about this, but he's been in a few other borderline giallo films i know he's been in a 
couple other European horror films. Yeah, I definitely um, know he's been in other Italian horror. I'm trying to think what else he's been in. Um, but he I was also I, in Black Christmas, which we just did on Showdown last month. Oh, of yes. course. Jeez, he yes. just, he, yeah, we just talked. I knew we I, just talked I about always, him. Um, I always think of him as the as Nancy's dad. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. And then, of course... Yeah, I think that's his most famous role. And then he, well, he's, he's, a lot of people do know him from a lot of Westerns. He was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, Hmm. He was big daytime on Western TV show and movie guy. Before we get much further, can I call out the absolute psychotic move of riding your bicycle down a four lane highway and then also riding your bike to the airport and then having someone drive your luggage there and meet you? This guy's out of his goddamn mind. <laughs> also, also, I in my notes, the, the I literally specifically just made a note of the blinding blue jumpsuit because it gave me a oh, migraine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. and this has it's that very. It's not as it's not as dramatic by any stretch of the imagination as Blood and Black Lace, but no, it but still has that super over dramatic, oversaturated color. Like even mm-hmm. in the scene, which oh, yeah. we'll get to in a second, but when he's getting interviewed by the 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 woman who's mad at him because his book sexist, and she's like mm-hmm. the literary, I don't know if she's a critic or she's just like an interviewer or whatever. Even in that scene, yeah. I'm thinking like the 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 wall is giving me a headache. Like it's just like oversaturated, <laughs> well, just red brick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like it's it's a little overwhelming. I don't like. But like I like it. It's it's done in a it's done in a good way. Like I enjoy it. Mm. Um, but anyway, so he's accompanied by his literary agent um, and his assistant Anne. Um, and then uh, there's like this whole like weird exchange at the airport. Um, and I believe that's when for, for so for, for first time viewers, we don't know who it is. But it's supposed to be um, his ex-wife, Jane. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be his ex-wife, Jane. And she's the one who messes up his luggage, I believe. Or mm-hmm. at least, like, trades it out. Yeah, um, she has, it seems like she has, like, a little double agent for her or something. Like, because she yeah. has somebody else, like, scope him out while she's hiding in a phone booth. And... He engages in some real pre 9-11 behavior of leaving his luggage right? unattended. Like you're yeah. not supposed to do that anymore. <laughs> they ask you, did you leave your bag unwatched? He's like, yeah, the naturally. First saw, <laughs> the first time I saw this movie, the, the, the I don't remember when this was, but I mean, it was obviously after 9-11. But when I first saw this movie, um, the the shot of the of the ex-wife like like when she walks up to the like the the like the big window and you can see the reflection of the of the window in her glasses for yeah. some reason i was like oh my god did she like put explosives in the bag and are you just gonna see the like the plane blow up in her reflection of the glasses i'm like sarah why the fuck was... i don't it's... know why i was like not a, not a, not only is were way too high well, you know what that is? That's not only just 9-11. That's also just Final Destination. I know. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just because there's a whole thing from them watching the plane blow up in Final Destination. Yeah. But no, instead, they have a smoke indoors in an airport. 
<laughs> Final Destination. I have it on VHS. I see it right over there. Oh man, I I just I just had to share that. So they get into Rome. A whole thing happens. They get into Rome, and it cuts to a whole new character. So we just met these people. We don't really know them. All that we know that he's a writer, and then boom, new character, and she's a young shoplifter, mm-hmm. and she's like, and she goes into like the store, and well, she sees the book, uh, and she like, she like steals it or like at least attempts to, and then, like I think like I don't know if it's like the boss of the store, Caesar. Um, yeah, Mr. Loss and, Prevention himself comes over and is like, <laughs> "Let me accost yeah. you." Like, the whole thing and is then, just so wildly dated that, like, so, number one, very... now if you were to steal something, they would let you walk out the door because they don't want to get sued. Meanwhile, he like grabs her and accosts her before he even has any proof. Oh, yeah. he straight up yeah. like pulls like, her. Like he, oh yeah, it's he's um, real overzealous about the whole thing. But then oh, yeah. also um, she's the like, thing. she's, she, they go on to say, sorry, like, I don't want to dwell on the shoplifting, but this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's so stupid because then she's like, <laughs> you're a 12 oh, time shop. It. Like he had in this moment that he brought her in, um, he did a whole background check on her and he's like, you're mm-hmm. 12 times sh- convicted shoplifter. So like, she's obviously bad at it or she's so prolific <sighs> That she shoplifts all day, every day, and has only got caught 12 times. You're not really sure. But then she gets out of it by just calling him gay. She's like, what are you you gay? And he's like, no. All right. (laughs) And then then she's she's like, well, what if I give you my address? Insinuating, well, I'll let you fuck me. Um, Yeah. Just come over to my house and bang. You know, as one does. And, and he's like, his whole demeanor changes immediately. It goes from like, like I got you right where I want. And he's like, he's like, all right, what's that address, babe? Like, it's just so, <laughs> just on a dime. It's the most it's bizarre so scene. It's just, yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. It does. It's like, you expect a guy that's going to come in and be like, anybody order a large sausage pizza? Oh, like, pizza? <laughs> yeah, no, literally. <laughs> That is the vibe. <laughs> like, oh, so funny. I mean, just wait. Are you wait? Uh, I caught you shoplifting. What are you gay? No. All right, bye. So funny. But yeah, so um, after that happens, like she and she and she ends up taking the book too after that interaction. So she ends up taking what she steals, anyways. Um, but when she gets home, um. After she's like chased by a homeless man or some shit, but that's like irrelevant. I was gonna say, I think I think the uh, the crazed pervert on her way home is important because it just sets up like the the this whole world is dangerous. Like it's yeah, full. That's true. Like like it's it just everybody is a crazed pervert and is dangerous and like women are not safe at any point. No, also, same thing in my movie. Every yeah. and literally guess, every yeah. man is out to like assault you, murder you, do something awful. But then like she just kind of just comes with the front and just blah, just blah, just blast kicks his ass. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love a good it, front kick. Yeah. I mean, I I I, I definitely get what you guys are what you guys are saying i kind of just um brushed it off and not like brushed it off but like i didn't think too deep into it because i'm like you know 
that could very well happen. <laughs> well, and you're right. I mean, no. they do treat it. You, you're, you're right. They, they do treat it as essentially inconsequential <laughs> because like, but, yeah. she just goes inside and then, yeah, he like startles her again or whatever. But then, you know, spoiler alert, she gets murdered by a different person five seconds later. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do definitely get what you're saying. Um, and then after that kill, so that's the first kill. So new character and she's gone. Mm-hmm. And um, the murderer then sends Neil a letter informing him about the books and that they have inspired him to go on a killing spree. Obviously, being a um, responsible citizen, Neil contacts the police because that is one, uh, what one should do. And now uh, all the way up until this, these scenes, um, the music is just straight funky. Love the music in it this is. movie. It's sick. It's sick. I love the movie. It's just or I love the music. I, mean. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, um, my ears like it. It's a mm. whole lot of funk. Um, mm. It's slap. And, some, some, uh, some bitches slapping bases. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great. I like it. Um, and uh, one thing I did forget to mention is I really like the use of the POV shots. Um, I, I noticed it early on. Um, I don't remember if I made notes every time it happened. I'll have to look, but um, I just seen it early on. And I'm like, I, I always like a good POV shot. Um, yeah, I don't but, know if this, uh, I, I, cause it's something we talked about how it happens in uh, black Christmas that you have like the POV mm-hmm. shot with the, with the heavy breathing of the killer. And it definitely happens in this film. I don't, I don't know if I noticed it in torso though. I don't know if there's like no, a there 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 there's there's a yeah, he's POV always lurking. Shot. Yeah, he's mostly lurking, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of in the periphery. But I think it's all kind of kind of third person. Yeah, that like there is a POV shot because it's important to the story that it be POV at that time. Yeah, there's a couple. Um, yeah, but it's not. Uh, but it's it's not accompanied by the creepy heavy breathing of a pervert. So. <laughs> No. Classic pervert breathing. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, classic pervert heavy breathing. Gotta love it. Perverts love perverts um, love the mouth breathe. It's their favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you're just gonna... <laughs> Well when you say it like that, it makes it weird. <laughs> but um yeah, so Neil contacts the police, obviously. And we get introduced to these police, and I think they're absolutely funny. Um the when the guy police comes in uh, he like, he, oh, the lady, uh, Anne, she offers him water. Um, or no, no, she offers him scotch, but she says something like, um, oh, I'd offer you scotch, but you're, you're currently on the, on the clock or on the job. And he's like, I only drink on the clock. Oh, I only drink on duty. And <laughs> right. That was so funny. I'm like, honestly. The most Italian cop right. thing to do is like, what do you do? Right? Is it like, what do you do for work? Oh, I smoke and I drink. What's your job? I'm a police officer. <laughs> I'm a fucking FBI agent. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! There, there is almost <laughs> never a time in a '70s Italian movie where someone on screen is not smoking or drinking or both. Okay. Right. Oh yeah, or, yeah, or like simultaneously. Like mm-hmm. it's so funny. Um, but I. Like, literally, I quoted that in my notes. I just thought that line was very funny. Uh, and I it solidified that 
character as being a favorite of mine. <laughs> and he also like doesn't look like a cop. <laughs> he looks Not like really, a no. he looks like That's a soap it. opera like love interest type. Like he just doesn't like honestly the main yeah. character, the guy who plays the author. I already forgot his name. He looks more like a cop than Peter that Neal. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, like, yeah, he's I'm sorry, I'm, I'm belaboring this because it's such a silly scene. But she hands him the scotch in the silliest glass. Do you guys remember this? <laughs> it's know, like right? it's like a shot glass. But if a little baby was holding a shot glass, so it's like a, t- a super tall, skinny head, like the bottom is this tall. It's just the silliest glass. I was like, so weird. do Italians drink scotch out of glasses like that? Maybe it's they do. Strange. It's like a fucking test tube. Like, what are you drinking scotch? <laughs> well, like, it's called scotch. It's not called Italio. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. They don't uh, know what to do with it. I don't know. Maybe they just it, don't understand it. The glass is two thirds solid glass and looks like it weighs <laughs> eight pounds. Like, it's just such a silly glass. I'm sorry. I'm I'm really bad to bring this yeah. point. <laughs> um. But yes, they contact them and then they like let them know what's going on. So yes, more killer, more killings, more killings. Yay. How exciting. Uh, journalists, the beautiful. This this was my note. I thought she was really pretty. Um, I was drinking when I saw this movie, <laughs> when I rewatched it. Um, pretty gay journalist. <laughs> that is what I wrote. Um, is murdered at her home along with her lover by the unseen killer. Um of course, with the classic straight razor blade. It's just, the, uh, then again, neon red blood. It always gets me. Oh, um, yeah. It's always such a shock wanna, to the system when you see it. Yeah. Right? It It's, but but it once I get used to it, it's just fun. It's It goes good with the color, like the color palette of the movie. Um, it, it adds to the whole, like, dream-like thing. Right? Like seeing that in like, any other movie, like or a color pal- palette, would be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like a gi- a good giallo movie has a an element of dream like, like a dream like quality where you're like, none of this stuff's happening. This is all cartoon. You know what I mean? And I feel like the red blood really contributes oh. to that. Yeah, and, and, and oh, the yeah. other thing it does is, uh, like, kind of like Blood and Black Lace. There is, you know, all the all the reds in that film. But in this film, it serves as a connection because you have this solid, opaque, you know, paint like blood, but it ties to the red shoes, which is like a big motif of this film as yes. well. So, yeah, it's, it's just a it's a good visual connection. I, also, just one thing I had a line from this scene where uh, they're kind of arguing on the stairs, uh, the two women and the the interviewer she's like you make me sick and then her lover responds with just a very funny way of rolling her r's and she just goes you make me want to throw up (laughs) she does yeah yeah i forgot about that she turns into a fucking muppet for like two seconds yeah (laughs) oh my goodness that's funny i i i must have i must have I don't remember that. That's so funny. I'll just go back and I don't know how I didn't make a note of that. But yeah, so she gets killed. And then uh, Maria, the teenage daughter of Neil's landlord, 
Um, now, this is a whole thing. I believe it's like she's like on this bike with some guy and they like have like an argument and then he like fucking kicks her off the bike. Um, and then she gets she sees like this Doberman starts barking at her and then she antagonizes it. Yeah, she like eggs on the Doberman. And then it yeah. like chases. There's a full on chase scene for like, I feel like a long yeah, time. And it attacks her. It attacks her. Yeah. 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 It's a long. It's not just like a dog jump scare. It's not like a Resident no. Evil style dog jump scare. It's, it's like, like a oh that dog's being weird, and now that dog's after me, and now we have like a Peter Griffin in the chicken me. situation, but with the dog, right? <laughs> like that dog is out for blood. Yeah. Like it, it, it wants you dead. Um, mm. yeah, no, that dog was scary, and uh, she climbs over a fence and. Um, uh oh, she's in the ki- the killer's the killer's backyard, and um, so she is able to open the door and escape from the dog, and she goes down into the basement. And it's really funny because you can see the dog out the window, and he's like doing fucking like backflips and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this dog's this dog's got this dog fucking whacked out. out poo brains. <laughs> I don't. Like this dog is coked out. Like what mm. is happening? It's I, insane. I, I had a note that just says the dog acts better than Maria, and I feel like I was just—I <laughs> felt like I was kind of annoyed with Maria. Just the way, like every five seconds, she's like spinning in a circle and like putting her hands up to her face, and like she doesn't know what to do with her hands, Alan. and it just like. It just looks silly. Like her, her decisions look silly, but it, it yeah. is trying to add to like the 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 danger of the scene. But like the dog hits all of its cues. Like they have the oh, one shot yeah. of the of of the dog. Like it runs up to the fence, realizes it can't get over, so it takes a couple steps back, and then does a full clear jump. And I was like, "Damn, that dog can act." That dog, that's a good dog. Like, that's a good dog. I was like, God, that is damn, a that's boy, good dog right? acting. Yeah, that's good dog acting. And then, boy. Yeah, and then it's, like you're saying, it's doing all that goofy shit outside the window. Like it's, you know, rubbing up against the window and then running away from the window and running back. And it's like, well, that's what I was saying. Like, what do they do? They gave that dog, like, I don't know, like the dog equivalent of catnip. Like that, sh- that dog's losing its fucking mind. No, literally. <laughs> they maybe just gave it a little bit of coke. <laughs> just a little just bit. Of good, good. <laughs> Ital- that Italian good. Good. They definitely had coke on that set. So yeah, yeah. That, that mm-hmm. there was a there was like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar coke budget in this movie, probably. Yeah. Oh, he definitely got into some. Maybe they just didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness! It happens. But, it um, happens on yeah, sets, so you know. It happens, you know. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, dog gets into the coke bag. It happens. <laughs> hey, sometimes okay. the dog gets into the fucking coke. What do you mean to do about it? <laughs> hey, what are you looking my at me? Dog. I don't. I didn't give it a dog at a coke. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give it a dog at a coke. It's <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, so she goes down there, and she uh, she realizes what's like. She kind of realizes what's fucking going on and she starts like collecting evidence and starts like shoving it in her pockets and um she uh tries to escape and uh she gets outside and like they have a whole chase um and she unfortunately ends up getting axed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a long chase gee i'm surprised Mm -hmm. that 
out of all out of all the people she she got a str- like she got to like drug have a struggle yeah in the nicest yeah. way possible i know that sounds really mean yeah <laughs> but like yeah, but, but- the, the the whole construction of the scene is interesting and like it it lends to that idea of like what Brian was saying about about these films being dreamlike because it's so crazy that it's just all based on coincidence that she is Peter Neal's you know a landlord's daughter or whatever so she has a direct connection to Peter Neal and then she just gets mm-hmm. left she gets left in the middle of Rome by this angry dog and this dog happens to chase her into the killer's backyard and she happens to find all this evidence and she happens to almost get away except for the killer sees her and then kills her and it's just like it's so it's yeah it's it's just it's funny that it's all based on coincidence that you wouldn't you wouldn't believe in real life so it does feel dreamlike in that way yeah 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 definitely um yeah so uh after that um Neil uh, is talking with um, the TV interviewer. Uh, his name is Cristiano Berti. We're gonna call it. We're gonna just call him Cristiano. Mm. Um, or yeah, we're gonna do that. So I'm gonna get confused names. Um, <laughs> and he has a very, very strong interest in him um, about his work, about his personal life. Like he is, he loves this guy. Um, and, um, they talk for a little bit and then some other stuff, it's like some other like scenes have like, that's like the most important thing. And then like, I just have the next note is just then Neil and his second assistant Gianni. I thought that was his son for the longest time. Well, because he (laughs) Um, doesn't seem old enough to be an assistant. He looks like he's 12. He looks 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, they just introduced so this kid. I thought it like, was his son. I thought if yeah. Anne was his wife and Johnny was his son. And I'm like, wait, yeah. so they're assistants? That's yeah. weird. Yeah, and he, he, like, he like I would say he looks like him, but he has a similar like bone structure to his face too. I could see him being his son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he could conceivably play his son and also he looks 12 and not old enough to be a professional. No. And it's also like, he's wearing like I'm he's like, dressed as one of the younger Osmond brothers. Like he's wearing like this kid like weird like checkered sweater. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre outfit he's wearing. Like too. what? Yeah, but like I'm like I it I was it took me a while to figure out that it's they're not a family. Yeah, they, you remember yeah. when like, the Osmonds had that one like you know Italian foreign exchange student? It was like Donatello Osmond or whatever. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Donatello. Uh, there's there's also a scene which leads to this like just to look at the framing of the scene. And the way everything is set up, it looks like a family type thing because they're all doing the Scooby-Doo yeah. gang kind of mapping. And like they're all cl- like they're all crammed in next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, like they're, they're playing. They're, a bo- like, it's like they're playing Pop-O-Matic Trouble on the on the carpet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like they're doing like a puzzle together. Like, they're you know, and like they're all just like 
you know, smiling and happy about themselves. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it, they look like a family while they're doing their Scooby-Doo gang shit. So that's why it's like, yeah, it's it's confusing. Yeah. And again, Italian films don't feel the need to explain anything ever. <laughs> no, no, no. You'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, literally. But yeah, so um, they decide to go over to Cristiano's house because they believe he's been uh, acting suspicious and also because he they ha- he has a um intense interest in Peter so obviously he's going to be suspicious for the murders. Um, yeah, he's a good he's a good red herring yeah. at this point. And he's also like oh, yeah. so yeah. overzealous in the interview that you're like something's up with this motherfucker. Ooh, yeah. Like he's acting sus. Like he's a little weird. He's a little weirdo. Yeah. Um so, I mean, yeah, he's just he's just weird. And um, Neil decides to separate from Gianni in order to get a better view because um, Peter kind of steals. Uh, he <laughs> I didn't I accidentally said Peter Steele. Uh, we're not talking about typo negative. Um, <laughs> Listen, we've um, talked about Peter Steele. Oh, I have. Black, to- <laughs> we've talked about him on the show before. I, I feel like we've referenced black number one a couple times. I love me some Peter Steele. Um, yeah. yeah, so Peter like um, stays like back in the bushes and um, Gianni goes like up to the window and he sees um, Cristiano get fucking axed. I love this kill. I love this. This is kill. the best kill in the so, movie like, by far. Like it's just mm-hmm. it just fucking happens. Well, it's brutal, too. And it's so anti Giallo in that yeah. Yeah. the like rest it, of this movie. No music and building. There's no music. It's not super stylized. It's very just like blunt and brutal. It just fucking and happens. He doesn't just, you know, normally we've established in Giallo movies where you touch somebody's throat with a razor blade and it's like they've been shot in the brain. They immediately die. He gets <laughs> axed in the fucking head with a weird old style Italian axe that's like very weird and small and thin. And he gets it right <laughs> in his goddamn forehead. And then he like stumbles around with an axe in his forehead. It's like it's uncharacteristically uncharacteristically brutal compared to a lot of the other and kills that it. you see in this movie. Yeah, it's a great scene. And then Gianni is just there, absolutely horrified, obviously. He's aghast. He's aghast. A a young boy with a checkered sweater like that, he doesn't doesn't deserve to see somebody get axed in the head. No, he is going to be gentle. He's a gentle, he's a delicate young man. Yeah. He's a a delicate little boy. There's no way he um, shaves. (laughs) Like, there's just no way. No, there's no way. He's a baby seal. But like so he's he's, he's but he's unable to see the murderer's face <laughs> he's a baby seal sorry that cracked up yeah. he's, he's unable to see the murderer's face mm-hmm. um after that whole debacle uh gianni finds neil unconscious on the lawn yeah, yeah. he got knocked out with a big old rack and then yeah, the whole he movie rocked. he has a little yeah he, he got a shit racked um yeah. He has a little bandage on his head because he got popped. Um, and this is actually like a really and, this scene of like the chaos it, that is ensuing in this scene. Because a second ago they were just like, we're going to creep up because like this guy, he, he's creepy. Right. So we're going to creep up and we're going to peep on him a little bit. And then just like kind of hell creepy, breaks. So loose. We're gonna be creepy. Yeah. 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 And then just like hell breaks loose. Axe in the head. So he gets smacked with a rock. And then it's just like. 
Gianni's grabbing freaking what's his name? The, the, the author guy and like dragging him out of it. Peter, like it's fucking yeah. saving private mm-hmm. Ryan, you know, it's just like, it's a chaotic scene. And then they like jump in the car and blast off. It's like a whole, yeah. it's a whole chaotic thing. Well, somebody it's also, good, throws, it's a really good <laughs> yeah. Like after the, after Cristiano gets the ax in the head, somebody, I mean the killer also throws something through the window at Gianni. Yes. To scare so that's what you're saying. Yes. It's like a, is it a brick or something? It's like a fireplace brick or some shit. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, yeah. but it's, it, it looks yeah. like a little black. It looks like a black obelisk. So it's either like a piece of modern mm-hmm. art or like a shitty trophy. Oh yeah. So, it might've been a piece of oh, art. That's or something. Cause he's was. got, cause he's got this like super swanky, like modernist kind of house. It's like a modern, it's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a seventies modern home type shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all glass. The whole like side of the house is like glass. It's one of those houses yeah. that only people who desperately want to get murdered would build. Yes. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Literally. you can't, you that's can't a build a house like that if you're not trying to get murdered. Yeah. I wouldn't feel safe in that house. I really wouldn't. No. Um, yeah no so um the next day um they uh the fbi and all the cops and stuff they're investigating the crime scene um and obviously reveals that um christiana was unhealthily obsessed with peter's novels it has like a bunch of documents revealing that um not only was he interested in his pers- uh work life his personal life um and all of that fun stuff. Oh yeah. And now that he's dead, it is believed that the killings will cease. But however, um, Bulmer, who is the, who is, um, John Saxon. So I'm just going to call him John Saxon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. I just call characters by the actors names. (laughs) John Saxon. So, uh, uh, so, uh, John Saxon, however, he's having an affair Jane, um, ex-wife, um, this scene, (laughs) this scene's a little weird. This scene's overwhelming. A lot of stuff happens. Is the one where, where she's like, let's pretend we don't remember this in the morning or some bullshit. (laughs) Is that what you're talking about? It's so it's, it's the one where, so John Saxon, he there. It's outside. It's like in the it's like in the public square, and and there's like a woman. There's like a child. A child. I'm having a stroke. There's a there's a child playing, all and John Saxon is like, he like has a little, like moment with the child, and then there's like. A shot of like a woman crying and like his boy, her boyfriend's like breaking up with her. And then he's like, um, he stands up and then someone like comes by him and he gets stabby stabbed. And then, um, oh, I think I remember. So this is a little bit, yeah, yeah, this is a little bit further. This is after like, um, this is after the girl, I don't remember what her fucking name is. I don't remember everybody's name, but the girl who is like, I don't know having the romantic interlude with four dudes in white on the beach earlier in the movie. You know what I'm talking about? Who the hell is she? I forget. Oh, I thought that was a little bit later on. Well, no, that, well, that happens I'm earlier, sorry. but then she gets killed. But it no, gets no, explained no, no. later on. Right. Yeah. It gets explained. It the-, the, the, the woman on the beach, I- 
Yeah. The woman on the beach is nobody that we see. The woman on the beach is somebody who exists in a dream. And that's she's she's not. I think you're conflating her with somebody in this scene. What you're thinking of, Brian, is Jane. We It gets revealed that Jane and John Saxon are having an affair yeah. together. And then John Saxon is just out in the world. Jane gets a present of red shoes, which is what we see with the woman on the beach. She was also yeah. wearing red shoes, but that's two different people. You're right, right. But but I guess what I'm saying is the scene with John Saxon where he's out on like the square and he's out in public yeah. with his little, you know, he, he's walking around doing his business or whatever. And there's like people mm-hmm. around riding bikes and shit that happened in the red ball, right? There's a red ball. He get, catches yeah, a, red, there's a ball, red ball. And that's yeah. the whole thing. Cause I remember there was a, cause they had just shown that woman who I, I not even pretending to know who the fuck she is, but that woman earlier who like sticks her red shoe heel in the guy's throat after he slaps her and all that, they, yeah. you don't see her again. And you're like, well, what the fuck was that? And then right before this scene, that Sarah was talking about with the kid in the red ball, you see her get stabbed. That same beach, the beach woman gets stabbed in the gut. See her get stabbed a little bit later. Um, the, I think, but I think the reason why I didn't mention it was because um, I had forgotten about this little subplot. And I Me was too. very confused. And like, I did, I'll be honest with you. I did, did, I don't really fully understand it. Maybe I didn't and pay I, close and enough I attention. I didn't but. make the note. And mm. I didn't make the note about the lady with the red shoes until I had figured out because it was explained to me later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. So my note about it is when the second time she appears and it gets explained. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's a little bit yeah, lower so- in my notes. So that's why I did not mention it. No, yeah. no that's fine. So yeah, the yeah the woman from the beast she gets stabbed in the gut, but that happens. That happens way before this scene with John Saxon by himself. That happens even before Jane gets the red shoes. That's just kind of a separate because because what they are is they're they're dream remembrances from Peter. Peter is dreaming about this woman because it's the first woman he killed. Oh. Is uh, yeah the yeah the, the woman on the beach and the woman. So like when we first see her on the beach, he's having a weird whatever foot fantasy that you know, is his thing because yeah. like he's he, he gets rejected by this woman who is surrounded by all these guys so it's like you have to you have to interpret it as a dream but it's a it's a woman who gave herself to like all these other men but didn't give herself to him and so he has like this incel foot fantasy of her you know just crushing him beneath her feet yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, second yeah. the second time we see her when she gets stabbed in the gut which it looks like they're at like, I don't know, some sort of water park or they're at some sort of country club or something. Mm-hmm. She's There's talking like to another or something there. Yeah. Yeah. She's talking to another man. And like after that man runs off, you're, you're like you're in the POV in the bushes. And we we would later figure out like this is Peter in the bushes right before he kills her. So like yeah. this is this is less of a dream and more of him remembering what he did. Oh, and then this is right before Peter, the the scene in the town square plaza area where he gets stabbed. Yeah, this is before mm-hmm. this is before uh, Jane gets the gift of the red shoes. 
and then Jane gets the gift of the red shoes, and when we go to the town square with John Saxon, and he John Saxon, not Peter. Uh, yeah, yeah. I keep saying right, Peter right. is John. John Saxon's not Peter. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Sorry, I mean, technically. <laughs> I again I have to just say the characters. Yeah. Technically Peter's in the scene as well because we find out that he's the killer, but we just never see him in the in mm-hmm. the town square scene. But right. this scene is yeah, this scene is incredibly chaotic because like you have this bouncing ball all over the place. Mm-hmm. You have this woman like breaking up with her husband. You have just like general foot traffic. And then also you're getting intercut with the pov again but you don't know is this john saxon's pov or is this the killer so mm. it's yeah it's a it's a crazy kooky scene i love it yeah mm-hmm. yes so uh yeah it's it's a very um overstimulating scene but it's done well like i like it um there's a lot of different like you can rewatch it and focus on different things um and it's a it's a very dynamic scene which i like um and it's a it's one of those scenes that I um, it must have been like I feel like it must have been kind of difficult to shoot because there's so many things happening at once. Um, oh, there's so many oh, yeah. parts. I, yeah, yeah. I always like those scenes. I think those are always very fun, um, mm. and I uh, always appreciate those because they can be difficult to do. Yeah, you can tell it's definitely just like a big set piece because I mean they gave it to John Saxon, who's the big name in the film. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, you you you'll build you build your biggest scene around like your biggest star, um. But also just of note, like the scene ends with the red shoes approaching John Saxon's body, but you only see the shoes, so now it kind of casts the uh, red herring now onto Jane because you assume it like maybe she's the one who killed him in that instant. Yeah. So yeah, so that evening, um, Gianni, who is the younger assistant of uh, Peter, uh, is haunted by the thought that he had seen but did not recognize the murderer's face because, you know, if he had seen it, then, oh, they could have caught him. So, like, um, he just feels really dumb that he didn't see he could have solved the murder. Um, And he returns to the house to see if he could try and maybe jog up a memory. And he suddenly remembers what was so important. He had heard Cristiano confessing to his unseen attacker, I killed them, I killed them all. Before Gianni can share this important detail with anyone, he is attacked from the backseat of his car and strangled to death by an unseen assailant. Come on, guy. Don't leave all your windows down. You go to a (laughs) dang old murder house and you leave all your windows down. Come on. And the key, and he left yeah. the keys in the ignition. He quite literally like, was asking to be killed. Come on, bud. You, Gianni, listen, guys, I don't say this lightly. You were asking for it, Gianni. You were asking for it. <laughs> You're trying to get He's killed. He's a young kid. He don't need you, no better. You goddamn little beautiful twink, you. You're getting killed. <laughs> you made yourself get killed. He didn't know no better. He's young. Stupid fucking sweater. <laughs> Thought he was invincible. You little and sweater dumb. wearing. You beautiful sweater checkered sweater wearing little twink you you really like Gianni don't you hey it's a handsome young man I get it I get it he's, he's oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh this is the I got very excited I love this next scene um so this is like the one of the like best scenes in this movie there's a lot of scenes that i really like but um then we cut to jane 
Okay, so she's sitting at her kitchen table when a figure with an axe leaps through her window, hacking off one of her arms. Oh, yeah. You do. You don't see this coming. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Like, it is so, it's one of those ones that's like, it's so sudden, but then it's preceded by just the funkiest tunes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's like so sudden and then just funk and I, and then blood and I love it and just screams of terror, funky music and a shit ton of blood. And I, it's, it's awesome. I fucking love it. It's great. Yeah, it's um, great too. She spews so much blood. It's, and I love that the walls are all white. So you just get every drop of blood. You see all of it. Um, and I absolutely adore that. Um, and she, I mean, she, she gives it her all, uh, you know, she falls to the floor. Um, he hacks her up some more until she's dead. It just says more about the neon red giallo blood. Cause this is, I mean, it's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really liked the contrast with the white, with the bright white walls and with that lighting and then just the bright blood. It just was very like. It was a lot on the eyes, but I, it was it was good. It was just a lot. Um, well, and I'm a sucker for a and I'm not even like a super over the top gore or like love creative kills like, hey, I can appreciate all that. But that that's not necessarily <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm coming to the party for. But this something about that little weird shaped axe just is <laughs> off-putting to me. I don't know why. It's just like yeah. if a if a murderer, a goddamn axe murderer was going to kill somebody, you wouldn't get this like diminutive little axe. You know what I mean? And That's- just you would think you would have like a big fucking fireman's axe or something. And something yeah. about this little like I said, diminutive little like you imagine you're gonna use a, a little like, point on cut, it. Cut little cut kindling or something like that. Something about that just makes it more realistic and yeah. brutal oh, yeah. to me. Was this what was it like common back in that day to have an indoor axe for your fireplace? It's like, it's well, silly. I mean, I do. Like I literally I mean I have a wood burning stove, but like I got an indoor little little axe that I cut up kindling I mean, with for the okay. fireplace. I don't have an indoor indoor um, axe, but I do have a buck 120. On- <laughs> yeah, you could cut kindling up with that. You could take an arm yeah. off with that. Uh, that's just for collecting. <laughs> I don't yeah, use it. Collecting Unless corpses. I need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that whole scene is just... Awesome. I love it. It it ever the first time I saw it it stuck with me and it, and it still is great. Um and I think the uh, the effects really do look good and they still look good today. Um mm-hmm. I, I they it, uh yeah, that scene um uh holds up. I, I mm-hmm. in in all the ways I really think like from the arm and hacked off, I think that looks fantastic. I think it looks good. Um, yeah yeah they even have like a cutaway to the arm by itself and it just like it tips over and just like it doesn't necessarily move but just the way it tips over with the gun and it drops the gun it's just like oh that's a it's a nice yeah. little touch yeah yeah i the like i just like the too. little detail 
like the mm. rain too just like mm-hmm. it, it makes everything sloppier if that's the, like, if that's the best <laughs> word yeah. for it but like yeah, yeah. it's just everything's wet and bloody and uh spraying and it's just it's just a lot going on yeah, <laughs> yeah. um after this whole fucking bloodbath it's a female police yes. officer that gets it next yes so peter gets revealed um i didn't know if that was before or after i couldn't remember well they do um, like so a peter little quick revealed. interlude with like the red shoes again so there's like a little quick flashback to the red shoes mm-hmm. but then the That's the when cop, it gets yeah. the dr- the, sco- the scotch drinking cop with the stupid glass comes in and it's and peter is like over the body kind of thing yeah, he's a, he's yeah. over the body the of the of the uh, the female cop because he thought it was Anne that he killed from behind. Yeah, yes, that's what it was. That's yeah. So that ha- and I really liked. I'm just gonna call him Peter because his character's name. I really liked this scene, um, like the breakdown, like he, like Peter's breakdown in this, mm-hmm. just to see like a very um very calm put not calm but like put together civilized. Um, I mean, I just really liked the actor um, in his performance. I just liked the I mean, it was a quick scene, but the breakdown and just like the immediate like um, switch. Yeah, he's, uh, rendered, really he's kind of was... rendered like docile all of a sudden. Like he goes yeah. from yeah, like psycho right? killer like, to like he's cowering in the corner kind of thing. It's just it's really weird to like, I mean, it's so different. I mean, it's just a little like off putting. It's like, mm-hmm. like, are you good? Like, I mean, there's obviously fucking not, lightning but it's just flashing. Like, <laughs> like, there's just so there's a lot going I on. Know. <laughs> yeah. And it's just I think I just think it's a really beautiful like it's just I, just I just really like it. Everything about that I really like. And then just like the dull white ceilings. Um, I just I don't know. I really I really like it. It kind of <laughs> makes me think of like padded walls. Well, he gets a good, um, oh, like, yeah. m- maniacal laugh. Like, he kind of goes... Oh, um, yeah. He kind of goes, uh, 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 like, Norman Bates a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of goes yeah. cla- classic... Uh, he goes kind of classic crazy. <laughs> you know, he's, like, sitting on the bit. floor, giggling and doing all the crazy crazy person stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, so it's revealed that uh, Cristiano... The reporter was the original killer, so he killed up until he was killed, mm-hmm. and then it's revealed that Peter is the one who continued it. Um, right, and he gets overwhelmed by the memory of the lady with the red shoes. He goes insane. Uh, the uh, when the ex- inspector arrives at the house, um, yeah, he kills her, um, and then the male FBI agent and Anne arrive at the house. Um, he commits suicide. Well, suicide. Um, I want that razor, that razor that scores <laughs> the, the straight out of it. The straight razor. Yeah, that. Like, that, that this is the part little... that like you you love to see in a movie like this because you're not expecting it, right? So you think you they've got Peter. He's all curled up in the corner. He's doing all crazy business. You know, they figure out oh, he's the killer. Blah blah blah. Or he has become the the next iteration of the killer or whatever. And then he's just like, stands up. He's like, I'm good. Like, give me some space. And they just pulls a straight razor out of his pocket, cuts his own throat. 
You're like, oh, good God. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you doing? What are you like, doing, bud? Like, just we're, we're not expecting yeah, that. Yeah, like the FBI agent was like, he, he just kind of like, God damn it. He's just kind of like, shit. Like, yeah. he's just like, oh, fuck. Like, they're just like, yeah. and then of course, Anne's like upset because, you know, um, and Anne runs outside and um, the FBI agent goes back in and the reveal so he goes in. So he goes in and, oh, Peter's nowhere to be found. And and then there's just a shot of the FBI agent. And this shot is so good. I love it. The the In the music, the music behind it. Just the, I think, because he looks at the straight razor and then he stands up and then, or like he does something and then, you see Peter right behind him and it lines up right with him and it's mm-hmm. so good. And then the music cue, it's, I just love it. It's so good. Well, he um, like reaches down and so he comes in like he, they're out in the car. It's like him and Anne out in the car. He comes back in and is like touches the, the, um like the blood picks up the straight razor and realizes that it's like a, P.B. Herman joke shop fucking straight razor. (laughs) This is such a bonkers, just fucking bonkers ending. And he's like, he literally plays it. And there's like a little red button that shoots blood out of the straight razor. It's so funny. I'm like, damn, I kind of want that. But it's just also funny for. Yeah. And then the shot you see, he like bends down once again. And Peter is perfectly lined up. And then like when he stands up, you can just see that like his ear is the only thing that you can kind of see like poking out. Um, And and then Peter, you know, Peter gives him classic Peter move, gives him gives him the axe. Mm hmm. And I just, I just really love the music cue. It's just, ah, I love it. Like it gave me goosebumps. Um, I just think it was really well done. I liked it a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Peter fucking the David Copperfield of murderers. You know what I mean? He's just doing (laughs) wild Penn and Teller shit in here to get out of. (laughs) Well, and also for it to work. I mean, this is such a great Giallo ending where it's like, for it to have for him to have such a bonkers plan and for it to work flaw, essentially flawlessly right he got away with it for the most because part because after so what cop yeah. after somebody stands up and cuts their own throat goes eh, let's go get in the car leave the corpse in there <laughs> comes back in like it's just so bonkers yeah, doesn't try to yeah, save right? his life or anything. Doesn't check his pulse. Doesn't just call like, well, a fucking ambulance. It's just like, hey, he got yeah. his throat, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. It's um, raining. Let's go outside. Yeah. Let's go back out to the car. It's it's gross in here. Um, I, I'm i just looking back at my notes real quick. Um, there was something that I did miss that I wanted to mention. There, I, I think it was, it was the kill in... There was a kill where there was a woman. She was in a towel. There were titties. Titties were out. Boobs mm-hmm. were out. It was a boob kill. Mm. Um, but uh, so that might help narrow it down. Mm. Um, I don't know if it will though. But um, but I believe it was a ref. But I believe the ending where the body ended up was a like a reference to the window kill in Suspiria. Um. Because mm. the way that she ended up, so it 
the window, like not, it was like a glass, but the glass broke and her head ended up out. And so like her oh, head was backwards. back. Her mouth it's was basically open. like the poster. It's you're talking about the, the, the corpse that is like essentially the movie poster. Yeah. Yeah. That was earlier on. I don't remember exactly when that's but like, that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's the, uh, that's the woman and her, and her lover. Her her lover yeah. is the one who gets thrown through the staircase uh, glass rail, and then it just like like she gets she gets uh, her you know throat cut, but then she gets thrown through I the glass. If, uh, Suspiria reference is that if, if Suspiria referenced that. Oh, <laughs> you mean the kill with the glass? I, just, I mean that's an Argento thing, I think too. He just likes yeah, the, yeah. He likes broken. He likes broken glass. Yeah, he just likes defenestration. <laughs> yeah. She was placed. Mm. It's just very. Yeah. Yeah, I could it could do, be. do like a side by side. It's just very, very similar. Yeah, yeah. He, he, but, I mean, he loves to do the he loves to do the glass break kills. And it, it's like a oh, yeah. Fulci. Just her facial expression was. It's I like Fulci with like, eye shit. You know, Argento likes yeah. glass. Oh, Fulci yeah. likes eyeball shit. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, or oh, and we kind of jumped, jumped uh, back a little bit, but you know, and it's a little bit anticlimactic, but like the big climax here is obviously like Peter popping up behind the the cop and, um, and axing him, and then, what's her name, Jane? Everybody's Anne. Jane. Mm-hmm. Anne, Jesus Anne. Christ, Jane's in my movie. Anne pops up, <laughs> and and comes back in, um, when when cop guy doesn't come back, and then. Um, ultimately not unlike the dog, which is just a <laughs> happenstance situation. Yeah. He gets ultimately killed accidentally by the weird piece of modern art. <laughs> that's in the fucking yeah. Room. It's, Damn it's you modern of, art. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just the reinforcement that the world is just trying to kill you as well. Like, yeah. yes, there's a bunch of like, there's a bunch of, you know, murder happening, happening, mm-hmm. but also the world is trying to kill you because if you go back to the beginning of the film, he and the the airport porter who's carrying his luggage, they both almost get run over by a bus. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he's in the car with Gianni and they both almost get plowed into by a car crossing. So like well, he's and there's, he's almost there's always the- getting killed by the world. <laughs> And then there's like the time where like Anne, I think when the first time you meet the cop maybe earlier in the movie and she like runs out into the street and a car like narrowly avoids them and like runs up on the curb earlier too. Yeah. Like yeah. they're almost always being killed by just the world. Yeah. So and, and then the dog is out there. So like, yeah, the world is trying to kill you. There's it's fucking crazy Resident Evil dogs. Yeah. <laughs> there's crazy perverts out there. There's just all kinds of awfulness nobody survives except for Anne. again yeah again yeah. a movie where no one survives the only thing that would have been better is like right after you know he he dies um the what the fuck i already forgot his name the the writer right after he dies Anne walks outside and she's peter. like oh peter right after peter dies Anne walks outside and she's like oh my god and then she's just struck by lightning and dies <laughs> <laughs> or like a fucking 
bird flies down and like snatches her eyeball out and she's dead and you're like oh jesus christ like that would be the only thing that really just puts a bow on the on, on the situation yeah that's oh my god yeah yeah that guy comes down he's just like yum yum and it's like that's the end of the fucking movie credits roll or the dog or the dog comes back and drags her off like when evil lurks oh the dog yeah the fucking dog's just like i'm back bitches yeah. yeah, the dogs just pop back. I um I I think my my take on this movie it's so different than Blood and Black Lace. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yes, they have the oversaturated colors, the overstylized thing, the dreamlike. Like, it, they definitely have some of those giallo you know tenants that we're that we're expecting. But they're such wildly different movies in that Blood and Black Lace almost is like. I mean, it definitely strays into the more of the who done it. Not that this one doesn't, but it's more of a classic whodunit. Like, here's a cast of characters. They all have motives. Um, you know, so who who it's a clue type situation, right? Whereas like Tenebrae, I think takes a little bit more of the 80s sensibility of like, let's go bonkers over the top. And it's like the exact opposite of you know the old like whatever the whatever the most likely outcome is 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 what the case you know is what actually happens it's the opposite it's like think of mm-hmm. the most bonkers scenario and we're gonna retrofit why it's right you know why that's actually what happened right um and, and even and, and argento I, even argento builds that into his own fucking script because he has the scene between uh Peter and I, be, I believe it's between either Peter and the cop or Peter and John Saxon. And he explains it all the way with like, they're talking about the hounds of Baskerville mm-hmm. with the, the Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes story. So he's yeah. like, Hey, get prepared everybody in the audience. Cause whatever you think the answer is, it's going to be that. <laughs> and the thing that you think if you, the thing you think it can't be because of X, Y, and Z reasons, we're going to explain away all that logic mm-hmm. and we're going to make it what we want it to be, no matter how unlikely it seems. Yeah. Um, so for what it's worth, it just, it, you know, it feels like an eighties giallo. Oh yeah. You know, in, in like, that sense. Yeah. And like the other side to that is like we talked about how Blood and Black Lace, everything in that movie is so ornate and, you know, has that high fashion sensibility to it. When you look at this film, everything has a much more cold modernity to it. Yeah, it's like um, yuppie. It's like a yuppie giallo. It's like an mm-hmm. 80s yuppie giallo. Yeah. It's like the 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 characters, the next door neighbors, like Julia Louis-Dreyfus, the next door neighbors in uh, 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 National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, could yeah, have yeah, easily, yeah. They could have easily been characters in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, oh, yeah. it might be a couple years later, but you get what I mean. Like, it's just this, like, yeah, sterile, like, 80s, you know, yuppie-ish type of sensibility as opposed to like the 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 glamour and excess thing you get in the the sixties, mm-hmm. you know, Rome or wherever the hell the blood and black lace is supposed to be set. Yeah. Yeah. And you see it you see it in like Cristiano's house, the way like that's just like a modern glass cathedral. Mm-hmm. And you can also see it in the kind of the the Plaza Square scene with John Saxton because mm-hmm. everything has has like all the construction like the bench he's on 
kind of the car park that's in the background. All that architecture is just that flat, you know, kind of gray white, like solid An- piece. They're, they're, it, super angular. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's completely just the, the completely opposed to like all of the architecture that you get in Blood and Black Lace with all the archways and shit like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely a modern very modern film any uh any final thoughts on uh tenebrae before we move on to our final film of the evening um i think i um said all my things i think i'm good so that was tenebrae from 1982 follow us over on the social medias it's at halloween is forever pretty much everywhere or if you want to support the show another way uh you can go on your favorite podcatcher app and you can go in and and write us a little bit of review give us the maximum amount of stars uh we will accept no less stars than that go on there and then you write a little thing underneath it goes hey these guys (laughs) and then shoot us a dm i'll send you some fucking stickers in the mail Go to patreon.com forward slash Halloween is forever. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff over there. A couple different tiers. For those of you who don't know Sarah, uh, let, let me summarize. Actress, right? Special effects artist, uh, cosplayer, general horror nerd. Uh, dare I say, uh, uh, internet horror personality. Would that be fair to say as well? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have been known to be called that. You have been referred to that on on some occasions. Um, Reanimated nerd uh, on the Instagrams, on the social medias. For those of you who don't follow her, go check out. She always posts a lot of cool stuff and cosplays and fun stuff. You know, if you like the type of nonsense we put on the Internet, uh, you're certainly going to like what Sarah does. Continued in part three.